Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's Saturday the 3rd of June. I'm Jamie Easton. This was a week that saw Rishi battle over Boris WhatsApps, Ukraine and Russia battle in the air, dire warnings on AI, and Philip Schofield speaks out. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet, and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout seven from the Smart Seven. It's news, but not the news. Rishi Sunak spent a lot of his week tangled up in a row between former PM Boris Johnson, the Cabinet Office and the Covid inquiry chaired by Baroness Hallett. The inquiry, which is due to begin public hearings in two weeks' time, had to extend a deadline for the handing over of Boris's pandemic diaries and his WhatsApps. The revised deadline for the material became Thursday at 4pm, but it sparked a row over Cabinet confidentiality. PM Rishi Sunak said the inquiry is really important and that we need to learn the lessons of Covid. The government has cooperated with the inquiry. Tens of thousands of documents have been handed over. And with regard to the specific question at the moment, the government's carefully considering its position, but it's confident in the approach that it's taken. The battle over what should and shouldn't be redacted ran all week, but Labour peer Lord Falconer says the chair's been very clear. I don't think the government have got a leg to stand on. There seem to me to be a number of issues here. First of all, the chair, who's a very distinguished ex-judge, is saying, I decide it's relevant to know what else you were doing and I don't trust you to make the cut. Whatever horrors lurk in Johnson's WhatsApps, I'm looking at you, Matt Hancock, it seems they will come out. And Boris's biographer, Sir Anthony Selden, says it's not going to be good for Bojo. He was, I think without any question, the worst prime minister of the last 100 years And he was in charge at the time of the worst epidemic for 100 years. The public have the absolute right to know what happened. There's no precedent here. Let's get to the bottom of it. And I don't think it's going to be pretty. Boris certainly wasn't trying to make things easier for Rishi. He announced he'd sent all his papers and WhatsApp messages to the Cabinet Office. However, it turned out there are no messages from 2020 up until early 2021. That's apparently because his phone was hacked and he turned it off as a security precaution. Uh-huh. Then the Cabinet Office announced on Thursday it'll be taking legal action against the COVID inquiry to avoid handing over the messages. It's going to seek a judicial review over the order, arguing some of the requested materials irrelevant to the inquiry. The decision's been widely criticised and former Downing Street Chief of Staff Lord Barwell said people deserve to know what happened during Covid. Lots of people have lost loved ones in the pandemic. They have a right to answers about what the government got right, what it got wrong. The government set up this inquiry. They presumably trust Baroness Hallett and they should trust her to make the judgement about what can be put into the public domain. Meanwhile, Lindsay Jackson from pressure group Families for Justice said she can't understand why PM Rishi Sunak won't just release the documents. You can't help but think what on earth are they having I can't believe he's trying to protect Boris Johnson. All we can assume is that he's in some way protecting himself. And politics professor Tim Bale warned Rishi won't be able to avoid the ghosts of past administrations. One of Rishi Sunak's political problems is that he has tried as hard as he can to give the impression that this is a completely fresh administration, that there's no link um, with the discredited regimes of Boris Johnson and, and Liz Truss. And unfortunately, this just pulls him back in. Six. 
Russia's air assault on Ukraine and Kyiv in particular continued this week as the month of May saw more than 20 attacks by drones and missiles. Fortunately, Ukrainian forces have been able to shoot down most of the missiles and Ukraine head of intelligence Kirill Budanov warned that the country is ready to retaliate. All those who tried to threaten us, dreaming that it would have some effect, you will regret it very soon. Our response won't be late. Everyone will see everything soon. But Russia's ambassador to the UK, Andrei Kellin, said that the attacks are just a sign of things to come. It's, it's a big idealistic mistake to think that Ukraine may prevail. It is even Zelensky is uh, confirming that Russia is 16 times bigger than Ukraine. We have enormous resources and we haven't just started yet to, to uh, act very, uh, very seriously. But it was Russians who were surprised on Tuesday by a wave of drone attacks on Moscow. Ukraine denies responsibility, although the drone attacks came just 24 hours hours after Ukrainian General Budinov promised revenge for the ongoing attacks. There were at least eight and possibly as many as 30 drones involved, with Russian air defences destroying most, although one person died and a number of buildings were hit. Russian President Vladimir Putin, a man with no sense of irony, warned that Russia will retaliate. I am concerned about attempts to provoke a Russian backlash. They are provoking us to take mirror actions. We will see what to do about it. On Wednesday morning, a local governor in the Krasnodar region blamed Ukraine for a drone strike that caused a fire at an oil refinery. And former Russian diplomat Boris Bondarev says that Putin and the Russian people will have been quite surprised by the attack. I think, yes, it is quite unexpected for them because I believe President Putin still believes sincerely that his army and his uh, air defence have no rivals. Drone and missile attacks weren't the only concern this week as the IAEA warned of a possible nuclear disaster at Ukraine's Russian-occupied Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. UN International Atomic Energy Agency Chief Rafael Grossi called on both Kyiv and Moscow to take steps to safeguard the nuclear power plant in southern Ukraine. We are fortunate that a nuclear accident has not yet happened. We are rolling a dice, and if this continues... Then once they, our luck will run out. Thursday saw almost 50 European leaders gather at the European Political Community Summit in Moldova on Thursday to discuss strategies for the conflict. The summit was held at a Moldovan castle just 12 miles away from the Ukrainian border. And there is concern the country could become a future target of Russia, especially if they gain control of Ukraine. But Ukraine's President Zelensky doesn't think that's likely. He attended Thursday's summit where he pushed for NATO and EU membership for Ukraine and said the war won't be over until Ukraine's won. When we'll win, the war will stop. Or Russia can stop this war earlier. They can go out to their independent territory from our territory. I think that is the answer. And NATO boss Jens Stoltenberg says it's imperative the group look beyond the war to determine Ukraine's long-term security guarantees. We don't know when uh, the war ends, but we must ensure that when it does, we have credible arrangements in place to guarantee Ukraine's security in the future. Food price inflation continued to be a hot topic this week, with figures released on Tuesday showing a slight dip, but the level still running at over 15%. And the latest plan to tackle inflation was a voluntary supermarket price cap. Health Secretary Steve Barclay says it's important the government work directly with supermarkets to try and drive prices down. We want to work constructively with supermarkets in a voluntary way to address the, the increase in cost that we've seen, particularly around food prices. But the plans don't seem to be going down well with food manufacturers. They say the price hikes are due to lack of supply and increased operating costs rather than greed. 
And the British Retail Consortium's Director of Food and Sustainability, Andrew Opie, says retailers are already trying to keep margins slim. From our perspective, we just don't understand what this proposal is actually meant to achieve because there's nothing in this that would actually lower the price because we've already done that. Director of Insight from the British Retail Consortium, Chris Hamer, says it's a difficult area to police and that he believes the price peak may have passed. Well, the government are talking about increasing regulation at a time when retailers can ill afford it. And so what we're asking them to do is to be sensible about the rate at which they increase those prices coming through. So Stuart Rose, chairman of ASDA, says the big players are very active in working to keep things affordable for consumers. We as an industry have lent in and done some very, very good work in making sure our customers get great prices. So we're very active in making sure we stay close to our customers and give them the deals that they expect. Kathleen Kerridge, chair of the Lived Experience panel at the Food Foundation, said that while a price cap isn't the answer from the government, retailers are prioritising shareholders over consumers. I'm being told that prices will only rise as a last resort, but I'm not seeing shareholder dividends go down. I'm not seeing profits go down. So it's not last resort, is it? Meanwhile, things have gotten so bad for some families that parents are resorting to shoplifting baby formula, according to reports. Labour's Nick Thomas-Simmons was warning that it's a sign the government has to get a grip on food price and inflation. The government has to take responsibility for the position that families up and down the country find themselves in, in terms of putting food on the table. Monday saw an announcement that the Met Police will stop attending 999 calls linked to mental health emergencies unless there's an immediate threat to life. The new policy comes into place from September and it's supposed to prevent police officers from dealing with patients in need of expert medical help and allow them to spend more time focusing on crime. But Zoe Billingham, who's chair of the Norfolk and Suffolk NHS Mental Health Trust and the former inspector of constabulary, says mental health services won't be able to cope with the extra demand. The mental health service right now is creaking and in fact in some places is so subsumed with demand that it's not able to actually meet the requirements of of those that need our services most. But Met Police Federation Chair Ken Marsh doesn't seem as concerned. He says the current system's unsustainable for police officers. We spend far too much time just babysitting basically with individuals that we bring into a place of safety then it resonates or it falls back on us to deal with that right up to the primary care position which could be 8, 10, 12 hours. That's not acceptable. And CEO of mental health charity Mind Sarah Hughes says the interests of mental health patients needs to come first. We can't have a situation where people with mental illness are regarded as a burden. Indeed we have to find positive solutions and the NHS, the police and other partners within the mental health system have to sit down together and resolve this problem. Still to come on the standout seven, Philip Schofield speaks out and Ted Lasso wraps up Right after this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back. 
It was another tough week if you work at ITV. Ex-presenter Philip Schofield and former co-host Holly Willoughby were both busy on their Insta over the weekend. She said Phil had lied to her about the affair, then Phil called out people with a grudge against him while praising the crew on the ITV show. Eamon Holmes has been busy ranting about him on Twitter and he sat down with Dan Wotton this week on GB News to dish the dirt on the whole affair. It's all made things really awkward on the actual show where Dermot O'Leary and Alison Hammond have been struggling on. We happen to be in the news at the moment and of course we appreciate that but just from both of us and the whole team here, the crew, the guys downstairs, we love making this show for all of you. Yeah, we really do and that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to continue to do that. So let's go on with our first news story. Then Philip finally broke his silence on Thursday night after a non-stop barrage of tabloid headlines since he quit this morning. He told The Sun in an exclusive interview that he was not a groomer and apologised to the young man at the centre of the scandal. He also said the relationship began when the runner on this morning was 20. I am deeply sorry and I apologise to him because I should have known better. His media appearances came as ITV have instructed a barrister to carry out an external review of events at the channel. Phil told of his regret over lying to Holly Willoughby about the affair. The last time we had a conversation was when I texted, this is after the statement last week, don't reply, you're probably not allowed to, but I am deeply, deeply sorry that I lied to you. He also did an interview with the BBC's Amal Rajan and he spoke about the toil it's taken on his mental health. I understand how Caroline Flack felt. Um, Last week, if my daughters hadn't been there, then I wouldn't be here. It may sound like something out of a science fiction film, but we're being warned artificial intelligence could lead to the extinction of humanity. The message comes from experts, including the heads of OpenAI and Google DeepMind, who are concerned about the speed and direction AI is going in and have signed an open letter calling for action. Amongst those calling for the tighter regulation is one of the three so-called godfathers of AI, Joshua Bengio, who won a Turing Award for his pioneering work on the technology. Now, he's warning that governments need to look at regulation ASAP. I and others believe it will be possible to build very safe AIs, but that recipe could also be used to create dangerous AI. And so if it's easy to program these AI systems to ask them to do something very bad, uh, this could be very dangerous. Ted Lasso Season 3 is wrapped up as AFC Richmond played their final game of the season under their American coach. But the big question is, is it the end of Ted Lasso? All creator Jason Sudeikis will say is, it's the end of the story we wanted to tell. But with Apple TV Plus refusing to call it the actual end of the show, it feels like there still might be more to come. Emmy-winning Hannah Waddingham's been brilliant as boss Rebecca, and she told Kelly Clarkson she really wants to see her character continue. Jason says it's like the end of that three-season arc. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like trapping him in a dungeon with a notepad and a pen. It's a good idea. And just going, dude, (laughs) what are you doing? (laughs) You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7 a.m. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes we'll give you the world. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.